Ready? Born ready. Essentially, as a high school student, you can be on a nationwide level and already have that notoriety. They can go to these colleges and right out of the gate, you know, make money. You wanna waste my time? Okay. I call my lawyer. He's such a good lawyer that by tomorrow morning, you're gonna be working in Alaska. So dress warm. Hey, it's another Thursday. That's Law Thursday. Welcome back to That's Law with Attorney Durante Partridge. Of course, I am Attorney Durante Partridge, man. It's great to be back. Great to be still going. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I can't thank you enough for tuning in every week and listening to these podcasts, man. It means a lot. Um, you guys keep coming back, man. So please, please, please keep coming back and keep spreading the word. Uh, today, we got a we got a pretty good topic today. Um, we've been talking about the music industry. We've done some stuff with uh, businesses and things like that. Uh, but we hadn't talked about sports yet. So I think today I want to jump into some sports and... Besides the wheels and deals that have been made in the NBA, uh, if you guys did not know, I'm a huge Lakers fan, so I'm excited about this season, uh, upcoming, go Lakers. But I want to talk about the NIL or name, image, and likeness rule change with the NCAA. Uh, But first, before we get into the topic, of course, I have to give my disclaimer. Look, I'm a lawyer. I'm not your lawyer. So any information that is received with regard to this podcast that's given that I'm talking about, it is not legal advice. I am not giving you advice. Uh, this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. So please treat it as such. Uh, but if you do need a lawyer, feel free to hit me up and tap in and we can definitely help you out for a small nominal fee. All right. So we're out of that and away from that, let's get right into it. So Recently, the rules changed with regard to the NCAA and players, college athletes using their name, image, and likeness to make money. Uh, So this is something that the NCAA has been against for so long that, you know, we're surprised, you know, quite frankly, that this did not come soon, sooner rather, uh, with regard to this change. So now it's just opened up Pandora's box, it feels like. Uh, however, the NCAA and local government will will kind of tighten it back up a little bit. But nonetheless, we're here. College athletes are able to get paid. Um, and, and I think a lot of people may have misconstrued how they're getting paid. So I want to talk about that a little bit and just, just touch on the legalities and, and just kind of what to expect, you know, now and moving forward and, you know, how this trend is going to change. So uh, when this rule was enacted uh, and it went into effect July 1st, a lot of people were under the impression that this would be a situation where colleges would be paying athletes to come play for them or to be on their teams and things like that. And that is not it. That's not the case. This is an opportunity for athletes to market themselves, uh, their name, image, and likeness with third parties. Uh, through sponsorships and opportunities that they may bring in 
uh, themselves that are not necessarily associated with that of the team. So this won't be anything where the team is able to pull in these big corporations and things like that to, to target these athletes and stuff. Uh, this is more or less the art, the athlete rather, having a fan base or having some sort of recognition. So I think that's a good place to start. You still have to ball out. You can't be sorry and try to make some money with the yeah. NFL. If you're sorry, if you're on the bench, this is not for you. So, right. So step it up a little bit because this is going to be for those players that, you know, are talented or, again, have that following. So athletes are going to be able to engage in these uh, sponsorship opportunities. Uh, they can even be paid for autographs now and coming to different events. And I mean, it's, it's just like I said, it's opening up Pandora's box. So um to get specifically in some of the, those things that artists, I'm sorry, I keep saying artists because that's what I'm thinking about. But the athletes can get into, again, the sponsorships with regards to social media posts and advertisements. And we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that on a regular basis with celebrities and, and professional athletes where they're able to partner up with, you know, adjacent companies. So not necessarily the Nikes and the athletic wear, but uh, Gatorade or Coca-Cola or you know some other clothing line they're able to have that sponsored paid advertisement with regard to their social media uh, because they are influencers um, so the college athletes that are considered influencers will essentially be doing the same thing and they'll be able to have these national campaigns and these campaigns via their social media um, these athletes can also get paid by way of videos from that of twitter and youtube uh, they can also get paid as it relates to having summer camps and or training uh, other athletes that are in this realm that are coming up. You know, so, for instance, again, you know, if you're great, you're dope quarterback, you're able to do a training session uh, during the summer and charge for it and make money. Whereas before you were not able to do that. And then again, lastly, but not least, as I've already said, uh, autographing merch. Um, you know, jerseys that don't necessarily have the logo of the college, um, because that's a caveat with regard to this. You can't uh, promote the logos without the permission of the college, the logo of the college. And, and some colleges are even limiting uh, when athletes are making this money or appearing in ad, uh, advertisements, they can't even wear the college colors. So there are some limitations with regard to that. There are other limitations that may vary by state because some states actually have local legislation as it relates to uh, name, image, and likeness rules, uh, but some states do not. Uh, some states are leaving, leaving it up to the schools to help make these decisions as to um, where the artists can make money and where they can't make money. So, again, this thing is wide open. Uh, one of the things that I reflect on as it relates to this is just kind of thinking back, you know, to the Reggie Bushes or the Zion Williamsons and, you know, all of these big athletes that were in school, had this crazy following. And, you know, Reggie Bush, we can make the argument that that's, you know, pre-social media blowing up. And I mean, this guy, what did he take, 300000 His family allegedly took 300000 that, you know, disqualified him and, uh, you know. And at the time, he might have been worth millions. 
you know, I've, I've heard people say that he's probably at the time probably worth four to six million. I mean, he would have <laughs> he would have definitely benefited, you know, from something like this to make money off his name, image and likeness. Um, another thing that I reflect on as well is there's been this wave of athletes that have especially African-American athletes, let me, let me say it that way, that have started to pick and go to schools that are not necessarily um, your top schools, so to speak. They've you know decided to go to HBCUs and other smaller schools, uh, still having that, that backing uh, with regard to being influencers and things like that, but still having that, but going to these smaller schools and, and creating opportunities there for themselves as it relates to sports. So it'd be interesting to see how this rule change now sways those athletes to go back to those bigger schools, those bigger markets where they, you know, can be seen on a national level uh, with regard to television and things like that. Um, and how the corporations respond, you know, with signing those are those uh, athletes as opposed to those athletes at the, the HBCU. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's, it's, it's pretty much the wild, wild west right now. And, I mean, these athletes are looking to make, you know, high six-figure money, million-dollar money. I mean, it's, it's just insane. You know, I think back to my time in college and, you know, the athletes that I knew, they were already, you know, bigger than life on campus and, you know, just kind of popular with everyone. But can you imagine athlete making, you know, $500,000, half a million dollars, and, you know, buying a luxury car and pulling up and parking and, you know, basically driving better than the professor, living better than the professor. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And I, I think this is going to be very interesting to see uh, moving forward. Uh, me personally, I love it. I think it's a great opportunity for athletes to make money, also get the education that they need and not have to worry about that, that struggle. Um I think it's dope because you, you think about it, too. You know, you have coaches like a Nick Saban, so to speak. You know, th this guy's making multi-million dollars annually coaching the team. And the players, you know, arguably are out there doing the work, you know, winning these national championships. Yeah, he's a coach. He's the mastermind behind everything. But the players aren't making anything until now. And they're able to do that. So I, I think this is, you know, a great, great opportunity uh, with regard to some of these athletes, man. So looking forward to see how it goes. Um, it will continue to evolve and expand. But, man, this is this is great. This is great territory. Uh, I can already see the deals coming now. Uh, there are, are multiple deals reported as well. Um, obviously, the first deal was done by none other than – this podcast favorite person, Soldier Boy. Nah, I'm joking. Uh, the first deal was done by Master P, Master P's son, rather. I'm sorry, um, who allegedly signed a deal for a multi-million dollars with a tech company. So again, this is outside of sports. I believe his sons play basketball, um, so this is not associated with basketball. But this is a tech company, uh, allegedly. And then I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of athletes are starting to, you know, get their trademarks done and, you know, things like that, uh, protecting and, well, creating rather and protecting their intellectual property to create their own merch and things like that. So, again, just taking you back to that point that 
if you're on the bench, this is probably not for you because people don't know who you are. This is going to be these big top athletes. So I, I think it creates an opportunity too for those those athletes that are just there, you know, for scholarship or, you know, fill, filling out the team. Now this is your opportunity to step it up, to get your entrepreneurial mind going and figure out a way for you to make money as well or to step it up on the field or the, the court you know, to do better and play better and uh, get your uh, get your uh, influencer status up, so to speak, so that more people will pay attention to you so you can sell your sweatshirts or, you know, sell your hats and things like that or whatnot. So incredible opportunity for these young kids and, and young entrepreneurs, man. I'm really happy to see it. So even with this, this whole thing, like I said, it's the wild, wild west, we're we're already seeing a lot, you know, of different things going. Um, there's now an app that is out um, as it relates to this. Open Doors, OpenDoors.com. You know, and they're promising athletes ten thousand right out of the gate. Damn. I mean, think about that. Think about being in high school and going to college. You know, you might not be from the best background and financial status and things like that. You might be uh, from, you know, pretty good background, middle class background. But 10000 And you don't have any deals or anything on the table. Um, you know, nothing. And you could just make 10000 right out of the gate. And this is, you know, an app that they have, so it's convenient. So just imagine, you know, being in the dorm with your noodles and, you know, your food, because we all ate poorly in college and undergrad. Um, and you got $10,000 on your phone, you know, a contract. You can sign that and, you know, within the next week, you're eating steak and, you know, doing all types of other stuff or whatnot. $10,000, no, it's not, you know, a whole bunch of money, but, you know, for a broke college athlete, $10,000 is quite a bit of money. So, Man, it's it's just you and know, they, and they have a list of services on here, bro. Anything really? as small as a Twitter post to as big as an autograph wow. signing, keynote speech, sports demonstration, like they are. I mean, it's it's a one stop shop, like you said. Crazy. So they they're already funneling these athletes into different areas, and I can almost promise you that Open Doors is probably. Uh, linked to or has some relationship, you know, with those different outlets as well already. You know, they've already set it up and already have those relationships and, you know, go from there. So it it just kind of brings me back to the point, you know, because this is a legal podcast. So let's let's talk about law a little bit. Well, not necessarily law, but let's talk about protection. I guess that's the better, the better way to say that. Um, and thinking about protection, you know, you have that high school student now that is, you know, getting ready to graduate, you know, and go to the pros or I'm sorry, go to college and, you know, hopefully go to the pros. But at this point, this is kind of changing the landscape of that, because what's happening now, the traditionally you're in high school, you graduated, went to college, you put in a year or two there and, you know, depending on the sport. And then you go into the pros, and then that's when the bucks start to come in. But now, essentially, 
as a high school student, you know, you can be on a nationwide level, you know, and already have that notoriety. There's a there's a number of all-American kids that are listed and projected every year. But nonetheless, they can go to these colleges and right out of the gate, you know, make money. And not only through an open doors, but, you know, directly with these companies as well. Because, like I said, with social media, a lot of these are, uh, athletes already have a following. They already have people that are with them and, you know, fans, so to speak, fan base. So parents, I think this this is important for you all as it relates to this. If you know that you have a child that's a top athlete, it might be worth it to consult with the lawyer to see what the opportunities would be as it relates to starting a business uh, or to, you know, just start having those talks and research, you know, what that looks like as it relates to having a business, having a brand, building the brand. Uh, coming up with a logo, trademarking that, and protecting your intellectual property. What is intellectual property? I mean, these are things that we have to consider on a larger scale now with high school students uh, with this change in the law. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, you know, as we progress uh, with this this whole new dynamic, if you will, as it relates to the NTAA. Uh, and then also regulation. How is it regulated? Who's going to regulate it? Uh, right now, I think those are some primary topics that are happening or talks rather that are happening uh, within the NCAA and the different conferences as it relates to, well, how do we regulate this thing? How does that look? Um, you know, what what are the, I guess, limitations? While there are limitations already established as it relates to that, you know, what should there be any more limitations? Should uh, the athletes be able to operate in a certain form of fashion. You know, for instance, now if you're operating uh, a deal or you have a deal rather and you're in the middle of your season, so to speak. So let's say, for instance, I play basketball and I go to a school that has a Nike endorsement, um, but I, I want to do a deal with Under Armour or Adidas. While I'm in that season, I have to wear the Nikes. I can't wear the Adidas product, especially in the game. So I have to abide by those rules. So how does that look, you know, moving forward? Because in the NBA, for instance, we have professional athletes that are endorsed by one product and the team might be endorsed or the league even is endorsed by Nike. But I have individually uh, an Adidas contract. And I'm able to wear the Adidas and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing evolves, man. But, you know, my my suggestion, parents, is, you know, just kind of be ready and have a good understanding of what is at stake uh, with regard to intellectual property and, and protecting your child uh, as it relates to that. And, you know, setting them up for success moving forward, not only preparing them from the athletic standpoint and you know, going that route, but also from the business standpoint. So, you know, again, going back to the Zion Williamson's, I mean, this this kid is phenomenal, you know, going into college and had that huge following and, you know, it carried over uh, into the NBA. But just imagine, you know, in high school, if he'd already figured out, you know, his brand, so to speak, and how to make money and maximize – 
opportunities from that standpoint. I think that's, you know, the biggest takeaway as it relates to this. So we'll see. But I'm very excited about it. We'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it as it relates to this topic. So thank you, guys. I, I think we might have a question. Let's, let's see if we have any questions came in this week. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I got to call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I got to call my lawyer. Can I make a phone call to my lawyer? that sound good? I want to check with my attorney. Call my lawyer to beat the charge. I'm going to call my lawyer. Call my lawyer. Call my lawyer to beat the charge. Mama, call my lawyer because it's time to go to trial. Don't read me no charges. Call my lawyer. I said I need a lawyer. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this question, I guess, it piggybacks off of our conversation last week about content creators. Okay. This is from Sue S. Uh, they asked, can you get sued for doing a prank on YouTube? You know those prank videos that, you know, people get content from pranking people. Uh-huh. What's the legalities on being sued? Now, that's a funny question because I just seen a video. Of a dude, I think it was at Lennox Mall. Okay. And, you know, his prank was he would run up on people and act like, I'm going to hit you. Well, <laughs> he did it to the wrong dude. Right. As soon as he did it, but he grabbed him by the throat. I mean, I mean, was thrashing him. <laughs> he said, you little ain't finna F with me. Right. I mean, beat him down to the point where, like, his... I'm gonna show you the video. His boy was right beside him about to break it up. Wow. And he just said, hey, man, it's a prank. But you know, legality. You know what 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 follows the legality of a prank. So can that person, can Sue get sued for doing pranks on YouTube? Good question, Sue. Good question. Yeah, very good question. Very good question. I think. Well, not necessarily. I think. I well, firstly, I do think that content creators be very careful about these pranks because I mean that, that's one of many that probably has gone left, um, you know, so th- be mindful of that. Cause this, you never know. You don't know what the temperament is. You don't know what's going to happen. So just, just be careful. I think you should do that. Can you be sued? There are certain situations where you can be sued. Uh, for instance, you don't know what condition that person might be in that you're pranking. So if you're doing something that may cause them to have some sort of, you know, reaction, uh, you know, heart attack or some sort of ailment basically where they've been scared by you pranking, um, you know, you're still committing some sort of intentional act, albeit, you know, you did not mean to harm anyone, you know, but ultimately it did just kind of given their condition. So that could expose you to liability. Um, Another thing that could expose you to liability if you do one of these pranks and, you know, someone falls and hurts themselves, that could, that create, that could create some liability as well. So, you know, with these pranks, it's just, you know, I I would say again, just be mindful of what you're trying to do and the pranks that you're trying to to play because you never know what the reaction is going to be. But totally. But that example that, that Keith just gave, you know, as it relates to getting beat up. So if you do, if you do a prank and you get beat up in your prank, you know, you can't turn around and sue someone, you know, for that or the person that beat you up. Uh, you know, it'd be very hard to do that because you were playing a prank and that person didn't know. They weren't mindful of that and they reacted a certain way. So you're unfortunately you're just beat. But what's uh 
ironic in that situation is you probably could be sued uh, also in that situation. So let's say, for instance, you prank someone, uh, given that same scenario in the mall, that person turns around and beats you up and, you know, maybe that person is arrested. You know, that person's now arrested for battery and goes to jail, has to incur legal expenses, uh, may have missed work, may have, you know, missed out on being paid for another opportunity. Again, that could bring liability on to you to have to, you know, reimburse them or compensate them for any damages that they may have experienced. So, man, just just be careful out there, y'all, when y'all doing these pranks, man, because they totally can go left and you can definitely expose yourself to liability for sure. So I think that's it, you know, for this episode. We had a very good question this week uh, with regards to content creators and pranks. May y'all be careful as it relates to that. But I think overall, the the conversation that we had about the uh, new NCAA rules, the NIL rules, man, great conversation. I think it's definitely some thought-provoking stuff uh, for families to consider. So as y'all are out there and, you know, putting your kids through different little leagues and all that good stuff, just be mindful of that and have that forward thinking. Because remember, it's not about your opinions. It's not about your facts. It's about the law. That's law. Peace, y'all.